guys, you ever look at soy milk and wonder if it's just trying to say, I am milk in Spanish? So I went around to the staff to, what I thought, ask them a simple question. What is the Holy Spirit to me? To me? To me, what I think of is, is just, it's an example of uh, the Father's manifest uh, love for us. To me, I think of the Holy Spirit as the indwelling presence of God. Since the Holy Spirit is God, it's God living in us, God working through us, God drawing us to the Father, helping us to understand more of what the Father's love is for us, helping us to understand who Christ is as well. When I have the Holy Spirit in my heart, I know that I'm going to be comforted. I know that my trials are going to be taken care of. He's always with us. We don't feel alone. We're never alone because of that. Christ, when he died on the cross, did not abandon us, but he gave us the comforter and as he refers to the Holy Spirit. He's like a compass. He's my, my guide. He's the one that directs me and leads me um, in the places that I need to go. He keeps me on the proper path for my life. So that's who the Holy Spirit is to me. It's the Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is here indwelling inside of me. Oh, you saw it. You've heard this, no, right? No, she hasn't. What does what a British owl say? I don't know. Whom? Whom? <laughs> you get it? <laughs> Getting a set of who? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. We have a lot of fun in the office, as you can tell. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um, actually, we have... Um, uh, I'm going to call um, Errol Fox up. He uh, wanted to give a two-minute. He asked if he could give a two-minute. He promised two minutes of what he wanted to share with the Lord. If you don't know who Errol is, he uh, he's, he got notes. He said that, uh, oh, well, he, he was a vineyard pastor that, um, a part, that came, became part of our church. So, all right, go ahead, Errol. This is out of uh, Proverbs 27, 1 and 2. And if you've not looked at Proverbs 27 for a while, it's incredible, the whole book. But it says, never brag about the plans you may have for tomorrow, for you don't have a clue what tomorrow may bring to you. I recognize that one. Let someone else honor you for your accomplishments, for self-praise is never appropriate. That's under the Passion Translation. Now, this young man 
alongside Randy Clark, helped flesh out a very significant global awakening program called CHCP, Christian Healing Certification Program. Randy interviews hundreds, if that's who Randy is. Over the years, he's interviewed hundreds because he gleans from them, learns from them, and then he gives it away to others. One of the guys in the Christian Healing Certification Program, Physical Healing One route, was Cal Pierce. And Cal Pierce, if you don't know who he is, he started the healing rooms, and there's like thousands all over the world. And Cal Pierce, I, I want to share something of what he said. How many of you, you guys are probably not old enough. Some of the younger ones, you have to probably Google Maytag service men. How many of you know Maytag appliances? Yeah, us older ones know Maytag appliances. 1989, 1990, there were some incredible commercials. And these Maytag service guys were sitting around doing nothing. So Cal Pierce says, that's kind of like the Holy Spirit. He's sitting around waiting for you to ask because he is a person. And when I was listening to Cal Pierce some years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's a matter of semantics. It's Holy Spirit. He's a person. And I love Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Love you. That was great. And that's, and that's a great introduction to what we want to talk about today is uh, our new series for the fall is going to be Hello, Holy Spirit. For those of you who have not been here over the summer, we did uh, a series called Coming to Jesus where we talked about uh, who Jesus is and how we can encounter Jesus and how many have been to some of the Coming to Jesus messages um, and, and, and they were great, not just because I was the one speaking them, there was others who also spoke them uh, at them, but I just love who Jesus is and I think um, uh, when I was praying about God, what do you wanna share with us next? This, uh, he actually gave me the whole theme of Hello Holy Spirit. And I think it's so important that we talk about who the Holy Spirit is and, um, and, and what the Holy Spirit does. Um, because if the enemy can't take away your loyalty to who Jesus is, the next, I think, strategy he tries to do is cast confusion in your midst. To try to keep you ill-equipped so that you don't live a radical lifestyle for God. So he, he's... You know, the, the enemy will be perfectly content if you just lived your Christian life totally isolated, totally just, you know, you got your ticket to heaven. I accepted Jesus, I'm going to heaven. But you stop there and you don't have heaven come into you. And there's a, there's a totality, there's a wholeness in not only just coming to heaven, but having heaven coming in to you. What are we talking about? Well, this is where we talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm gonna call this sermon Holy Spirit 101. Have you ever <laughs> gone to college? You know, it's like, if, you, if, you're, if you're doing, you know, uh, uh, you know, it'll be like Theology 101 or, you know, um, uh, Psychology 101. It's like the first basic, like, foundation before you can go on to the next uh, uh, study of it. And the reason why I, I'm calling this Holy Spirit 101 is there's gonna be a lot of like foundational theological talking points in here. And so I hope you don't get lost. If you do, that's why they're recorded. You can kind of like go back through it um, because to really give you an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, we need to talk about one of the most confusing topics in Christian orthodoxy, and that is the Trinity. 
The Trinity is an amazing theology, and we need to really kind of focus on this. Now, uh, it can get confusing, and I, I'm not here to cast confusion. I'm here to give clarity. Uh, there's, there's, I, I remember growing up in church, you would hear amazing verbiage, and, and I could understand who Father God is, and, and, I, and I could understand the story of Jesus Christ, the Son. The, the church did such a great job explaining those things, but when it came to things of the Holy Spirit, it was such, cast in such mystery that I actually kind of stayed away. Not because I didn't want the Holy Spirit, it's just that I didn't know how to engage who the Holy Spirit is. I didn't know how to even like think about who the Holy Spirit is, and because of that, I kind of just stayed away. But I, I'm here to tell you today that in Christian orthodoxy, since the beginning of Christianity, the Holy Spirit is God. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Like if I were to go, I used to go and preach at different churches and sometimes I still do, but I love this church the best so I stay here. Um, you know, I, if I were to go to another church and, and I was preaching about God the Father and I was preaching about God the Holy Spirit and, and if, if they came up to me and said, you know, Paul, uh, you, know, you can preach about God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, but uh, simmer down on this Jesus stuff. I would say, whoa, that's heresy. Why? Because Jesus is God. I'm not gonna simmer down on who Jesus is. No one would ever do that. In the same manner, if a pastor came up to me and said, Paul, you can talk about God the Father, you can talk about Jesus the Son, but simmer down on this Holy Spirit stuff. I would have the same response. I'd say, whoa, that's heresy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is God. Uh, I, this can be really confusing. I had an a, a, a Orthodox Jewish friend growing up, uh, one of my very good friends, an amazing man, really, um, really great person, uh, would give his shirt off of his back to anyone in need. Um, I, I call him a pre-Christian. You know, we, we, we I'm hoping he uh, comes to Jesus one day because we have these, I don't call them arguments, friendly discussions. And, uh, and I remember when I was getting married, he said, you know, um, Paul, uh, my rabbi, you know, he, he, technically we're allowed to go into a, a mosque if we wanted to, not that we want to, but if we wanted to, we could go into a mosque. Uh, he said, but we're not allowed to go into a Christian church. And I said, why? He said, because you're a polytheistic religion, which means you serve multiple gods. I said, that's not true. We serve one God. He says, no, you serve three gods. I said, no, we serve one God. He said, no, you serve three gods. He said, no, I said, no, you serve one God. He said, fathers. The, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's three. I said, no, that's one. He said, how so? I said, well, the official position of the church, all right, is that it's wrapped in mystery, that God is infinite and we are finite. For us to understand the totality of who God is would be impossible in our finite minds, okay? But I said, some of the language and ex explanations I've heard, uh, 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 you know, can't always cover it. And, but one of the best ones I've heard is math. He said, math? I said, that's right, math. I said, it's not one plus one plus one equals one. I said, it's one times one times one equals one. See, Jesus is God, the Father is God, the Holy Spirit is God, not three gods, but one God, but they are three distinct persons, and that's the theology. There's a, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna show you real quick the um, uh, diagram of uh, the Trinity, which many of you have probably seen, but this is very uh, orthodoxy in Christianity. So we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Spirit, and all of them are God. The Son is not the Father. 
The Father is not the Son, and the Spirit is not the Son. They are three distinct persons. And to explain this even better, I am going to show a video. And I, I apologize for such a multimedia Sunday this morning. But if I were to try to do this video myself, it would be horrendous. And the video is about six minutes long, and it does its best in trying to explain the Trinity. Now, the reason why I'm starting here with Hello Holy Spirit is because we need to have this basis so that you can start building on that. Some of us will grow in giftings and anointings and graces through the Holy Spirit, but we don't have the basic theology of who he is in relation to the Trinity, and that's where we can get off. Is this okay? You guys understand? So, um, this uh, video, I think, is a great explanation, and if it hurts your brain, I apologize, but the Bible Project has done a great job explaining it, and that's, that's the video I'm gonna show this, this morning, and then we'll go from there. I hope your brain's not broken. It's so important that we understand this um, and, and that we understand when, when there's different um, direction when people try to talk about the Trinity in another sense. There's, God doesn't have three modes that is called modalism. That was a heresy in the three, uh, third century that uh, the church had overcome, which is like, a, it's one God in three different modes. No, there's three distinct persons, one God. And, uh, and so that is why we call it the Trinity. Um, let's go to uh, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. It says, after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice came out of the heavens said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is one of the most beautiful pictures of the New Testament because we see the Trinity in one moment. We see the Father, we see the Son, and we see the Holy Spirit all represented in one moment. This is a verse that supports the Trinitarian view. Matthew 28, 18, it says, and Jesus came up to them and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is a Trinitarian viewpoint that we as a church believe. Um, if we look at the divinity of uh, the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit showing up even in the beginning of the Bible. In Genesis 1-2, if you read that, it says that um, uh, the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. There, the Holy Spirit is right in the beginning of the, of the Bible. Uh, I'm not gonna read this one to you, but if you read just from the beginning, uh, the Bible, it talks about, let us make man in our image, the plural, um, that, that, that was used there. Uh, Psalms 33, 6 um, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and the breath of his mouth, all, 
and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. These are attributes, but one of the most significant uh, uh, that I believe is a support for the divinity of the Holy Spirit, um, which supports the Trinity, is Acts 5, 3, and 4. This is when the church was beginning to get started, and uh, Ananias and Sapphira, if you've heard of them, they're no longer with us, but uh, they, they, uh, they were part of the beginning of the church, and they decided for some reason the enemy got into their heart, they were getting deceived, and they were not required to hold back any money you know, they were not required to give all their property to the church, okay? It was, but for some reason, they wanted to look like they were doing that. And so what they did was they decided, we're gonna sell our property, we're gonna withhold some money and tell them we're giving them everything. And so because the church was so new and, so, and started, the, the, uh, uh, just had started, there was a severe penalty for that. And, um, and, and if you look throughout scriptures, the first to rebel, the first re rebels of any type of move in the Old Testament, uh, uh, they were the ones that would be struck down. And so when people go, why Ananias and Sapphira? Why'd they get struck down? Uh, well, because they were the first in the church to rebel. It was, it was setting a precedent. And so, but if we look at Acts, uh, what did I say, Acts uh, Five, thank you, verse three and four, it says, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? So to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back some of the price of the land. Verse four, and while it remained unsold, it did, not, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. So in verse three, he says, you've lied to the Holy Spirit, and then verse four, he reaffirms, you've lied to God. You understand? Okay. So, now I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them hello. Say hello, neighbor. I think that would be like, uh, uh, who's that guy? Uh, you wouldn't know. Huh? Yeah, what's it? Mr. Rogers, yes, Mr. Rogers. So they say, hello, neighbor, right? Why can you say hello to your neighbor? Because... Your neighbor is also a person. You can't, so some people equate the Holy Spirit to this invisible energy force like electricity. It's got a lot of power. You might not be able to see it. Well, have you ever went over to your electric socket and said hello? No, you can't. Why? Because your electric socket, even the power inside of it, is not a person. See, the Holy Spirit has power. It's one of his attributes, but it's not who he is. You understand? And so I'm, why am I trying to, to equate this? Because it's important, just like Jesus is a person, the Holy Spirit is a person. He can be grieved. In Ephesians 4.30, it talks about the grieving of the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I've never seen electricity grieve before. Only people can grieve. He has a will in 1 Corinthians 12, four through seven. And they, again, these are recorded so you can go back and look them up. But now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. And there's a varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Verse five and through set, four through seven. So, the Holy Spirit has a will. He has a fellowship with believers in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. 
the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We fellowship with the Holy Spirit because he is a person. And Jesus thought the Holy Spirit was really important. I mean, I, I'll read you a verse that I didn't give to John, so he might be upset at me, but um, I think it's just, did I write it down? Oh, man, maybe. Maybe I'm going to get upset at myself. But in Matthew, Jesus talks about um, that you can grieve, you can, you, can, you can sin against Jesus and it'll be forgiven to you. You can sin against the Father, it'll be forgiven to you. But if you blaspheme or sin against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven in this age or in the age to come. Now, there's a lot of theologians who might have an idea of what that might mean, and I'm not even gonna touch it today. But all I'm saying is if Jesus is giving that much honor to who the Holy Spirit is, I wanna honor Jesus and give that much honor to the Holy Spirit. Okay, we all right? All right. So, uh, we, we recognize that Jesus is a person Jesus says in John 14, 26, he says, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind to you everything I said to you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is with us. So we know that God is omnipresent, right? Uh, this isn't trick questions here. God is everywhere. But uh, according to scripture, where's, where's the Father in heaven? Uh, who ascended, who died on the cross, rose again on the third day, and ascended into heaven, Jesus Christ, and he's seated by his right side. Who has he poured out unto the earth? The Holy Spirit, right? Acts 2 and Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit is with us. He, when we accept Christ, we accept the Spirit of Christ, who's the Holy Spirit. And just as the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that says in Scripture, now resides in us. We are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is a beautiful picture. Now Jesus says in John 16, seven, he says, I tell you the truth, for it is for your good that I'm going away. Now Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus, who has radicalized and broken every paradigm of his followers. And the disciples have now seen Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, set the most demonized people free. These disciples have witnessed all this stuff happening. And when they, found, when they, when they came under his ministry and his authority, they were seeing the same miracles. And Jesus is telling him, hey guys, it is for your good that I'm going away. Now, how many think, no, another, another translation says, it is for your advantage that I'm going away. Now, how many think Jesus was a good advantage to the disciples? I'd be like, Jesus, you are out of your mind. I need you here. I want you here. I don't want you going anywhere. You're, you're my source. You're, you're everything. You're, I don't want you going anywhere. And he's saying, no, 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 it is good. Why? Let's keep reading. It says, unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you, but if I go, 
I will send him to you. What's Jesus saying is that now that when he goes away, he will send us the Holy Spirit. This word counselors translate it parakletos or paraklete, which is the Greek word for Holy Spirit. And what does it literally mean in the English? It means the one who comes alongside to give you what you need. So some translations put counselor. Other translations put comfort for those who need comfort. Other translations have helper for those who need help. But the same can go for equipper for those who need equipping, empower for those who need empowering, healer for those who need healing. All of these would be ascribed to who the Holy Spirit is. And when Jesus says, I'm going to send you another, it's actually the same uh, translation for the same exact model. Like it's like, this is a seating device called a stool. And if, if I were to take this stool and say, I'm gonna give you another seating device, and it was this chair, even though you can both sit in those things, they're absolutely different. But what Jesus said, that word another, when you translate it down to its form, it's actually saying like, I'm going, there's this chair, and I'm gonna send you another of the exact same thing. Why? Because the Spirit points to Jesus, Jesus points to the Father, the Father points to Jesus and the Spirit. They all point to each other, okay? And so I'm not trying to confuse you and say that you have to now pray to the Holy Spirit. No, you don't have to do that, but if you do, it's also okay. Is that all right? All right, you guys aren't confused yet? I'm sorry if you are. So uh, is praying to the Holy Spirit okay? Well, uh, a, 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 a professor, a theologian named Dr. Glenn Scorgi, uh, who's also a systematic theologian with a PhD from St. Andrews in Scotland. There you go, Kenneth. I did that for you. He wrote this on praying to the Holy Spirit. He said, we can say that the normative pattern for prayer is to pray to the Father in the name of the Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet we are members of a religion of such grace and freedom that the Holy Spirit can also be addressed without any compromising of the integrity of God or any re rejection of the trajectory of our prayers. And one of the prayers of the Holy Spirit uh, from one of our church fathers, his name is Augustine. If you haven't ever heard of him, he's a wonderful church father that wrote about uh, uh, Christianity uh, in AD 354 to 430. This is a prayer he would pray to the Holy Spirit. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw me, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. What a beautiful prayer to the Holy Spirit. You know, I often pray, I, you know, Jesus, I just love you so much. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Thank you for, for all you've sacrificed for me. And I love that I can communicate and pray to you. And I'll thank the Father for his love that endures forever and his faithfulness. And, and every Sunday and Saturday night, I actually pray, I say, Holy Spirit, would you speak your words through me? Not for my benefit, but for others' benefits. 
Would you strengthen me? Would you help me? Would you guide me? Would you give me discernment? These are wonderful prayers because the Holy Spirit's here. And I'm not praying to three different gods. I'm praying to the one true God who's three distinct persons. That confusion, I submit to mystery. I'm not going to try to understand the totality of who God is because just like that uh, example in the video of one dimension trying to interact with another dimension, if we're that two-dimensional plane and you try to push a three-dimensional object, because of our perspective, we will only be able to see, like the Apostle Paul writes, it's like we see dimly through, we see through a glass dimly lit. Like we can't see totally clear, but we see some things. Why am I going so detailed in this? Because it needs to be foundational when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit in Acts 1. He tells tells the, the apostles, go pray, tells the disciples, go pray uh, in Jerusalem that the Holy Spirit will come to you. And then Jesus in Acts 1 ascends into heaven. And the apostles are staring so long into heaven that it says that two men dressed in white have to tap him on the shoulder and be like, hey guys, stop staring into heaven. It actually said that a glory, like it didn't say glory, it says a cloud enveloped him. So like they're staring up into heaven and a cloud enveloped him and so they're staring. And, and, and guys, it wasn't because it was like cloudy out that day. It wasn't because they were like, oh, would you look at that? It's cloudy today. On, on all days, when Jesus is rising up into the cloud, you know, now we, we can't see him anymore. Man, I can't believe it's cloudy. What are the odds? <laughs> it's because that cloud, that word cloud, is the same cloud for the Shekinah glory cloud in the Old Testament. That's the cloud he was enveloped in. It was like whoosh, heaven took him. He ascended into that. And they were probably like, And so God had to remind them, send angels, hey guys, stop staring into heaven. Now it's your turn to pray that heaven gets into you. Go to Jerusalem. And so here they're praying and praying and praying. Jesus said that when you receive the Holy Spirit, in Acts 1, he says, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. This is a fruit and manifestation of who the Holy Spirit is. Again, it's not, who, it's not him that's power, but it's what he carries and then what we receive when we have him. This power is not just any power. It's also power for sanctification. I'm just gonna share one brief story about how this has affected my life because I did a lot of theology this morning. I'm just gonna share a practical story. I remember <clears throat> when I was younger and I was, uh, I was saved out of a bar. I got you know radically saved out of a bar and I'm, 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 my whole life's been changed around. I'm so in love with Jesus. I wanna tell everyone about Jesus. I'm reading the Bible, but I'm struggling in a certain area. There's this area I'm struggling with. I cannot get free. It's like a demonic stronghold. It's like every time I try to fight against this area, uh, I, 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 if, I, if, I, if I don't fight, I fall. And I love accountabilities. I love disciplines. I love all these wonderful things. But if you strip them down, from the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll always be dependent on accountability, disciplines, and programs. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's biblical. And I remember reading in scriptures about Jesus saying that if you ask for, for if you being evil, if your children ask for bread, you won't be given a stone. Neither will my Father uh, 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 not give the Holy Spirit for those who ask. 
He will, give, he will give the Holy Spirit for those who ask. And so uh, Jesus talks about uh, being at the door and knocking and knocking and knocking. And so I just was like, you know, I'm reading in the scripture, God, that there's more in here. And so I'm, I'm not in total freedom. Uh, uh, and, and so I'm just gonna continue to knock. And so what I did was I fast and prayed. And when you fast and pray, you're not supposed to tell people about it. Now, when I'm like doing keto or I'm like intermittent fasting, I tell all my friends because I'm for physical. I'm like, no, I can't eat that. I'm fasting. I'm being disciplined for my own body, for my own benefit. So, you know, they'll all know I'm fasting. I'll talk about it all the time. But when it comes to doing something where I'm pushing in for Jesus, for more of God, I don't tell people because I don't want to try to act like I'm holier than thou. So I was just fasting and praying and fasting and praying, and I'm laying on my bed uh, weeks into this, and, uh, and, and, and there was no music playing. Stephen wasn't in the background in the corner of my room, you know, just getting me in the zone. You know, there was none of that. There was no smoke machine filling my room with lights so that I would have some sort of, you know, uh, element of, of, of wonderful presence. There was none of that. I was in my room, laying on my bed, doing a normal petitionary prayer, like, God, I thank you for everything you're doing. God bless my family. Be with my children. And, um, you know, I was living with my mom at the time because so I'd gone through a tragic uh, uh, past. And, uh, and so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm praying and and out of nowhere, this power comes over my body like electricity. And I'm shaking. And I'm, I start immediately crying, like, like ugly cry. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh, and I'm not a crier. Like, I'm compassionate, empathetic. Like, if you tell me a sad story, I'm like, oh, man, that's really sad about your dog, you know? Like... I'm compassionate, but I don't cry. I, can't, I don't. You can ask my wife. I'm not a crier, but 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 I was weeping because God was doing some deep work that I had no idea needed to be dealt with. And then something crazy started happening. I started laughing, and I was like, "God's making me laugh. This is incredible." Like I had no, what it was, it wasn't like I was laughing like, ha, 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 ha. No, it was like there was a deep joy that filled me so internally that I laughed and laughed and laughed. I was by myself. It wasn't like laughing at something. It was, it was like I was laughing because I was so joyful. I couldn't contain it. And there was something, you know, I, I got something called, people call the Holy Ghost crunches, and I, and I started, you know, crunching, for, and, and like, just because I felt all this power in me, and, 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 and I don't have any abs, I'm, I have a dad bod, and so uh, it, it actually hurt after a couple minutes, and, uh, and then, and I had no idea, I, I was surprised my mom didn't like, you know, tear down my door, because Italian moms are kind of nosy, and uh, because I felt like I was being so loud, but I... I didn't realize that, and I had no, no idea what God was doing. I just said, God, I'll be a sail in the wind. I'm not gonna make anything happen, but if you're doing something, I just want more of you. That's all I wanted. Now, I didn't know exactly what God was doing, but after about 45 minutes to an hour of that experience, I got up. I felt so much love flowing out of me. I remember going downstairs, seeing my mom just hugging her, and, just because I wanted to, and, and I realized something, that that one thing that I had to fight so hard to not do was broken off of me. And it wasn't like I never got tempted, but it was like now I had the power to say, I don't want that. 
and walk in true freedom. This is the power of the Holy Spirit who now resides in us, resides in you if you've accepted Christ into your life. To not take advantage of our advantage, the Holy Spirit, this is Jesus' words, would to be living an ill-equipped life. Why don't you stand?